When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Scotty Suns Football Podcast where we'll look ahead to all the weekend fixtures in the Premiership and some of the Championship games too with myself, Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller. Now Kenny... We'll try and avoid an SFA-style balls up here. Celtic against, I think it's Ross County again, on Saturday at Parkhead. And Ronnie Dyla will be looking for a mark of revenge after that League Cup semi-final shocker. He will, but I think the last time I recorded this, I talked about Celtic getting their swagger back and their form being underpinned by F.A. Ambrose. So that's worked out well for them in the, the intervening games. So they definitely need to react because if any Celtic fan, and there's a few in here, think that that result against East Kilbride was, was fine then they've got another thing coming You look at the next two league games Celtic have at, at home to the two Highland clubs is this the ideal opportunity for them to try and stretch away from Aberdeen or do you see problems in these two games for Celtic? I think every game is an ideal opportunity for Celtic to, to answer their critics but they just don't seem to be, be taking it just now that swagger seems to have disappeared as, as, soon, as quickly as it, as it returns it's two difficult games for them, especially against Ross County. They heard Richard Forster on Radio Scotland last week saying that there is no fear factor now when they play against Celtic and that's a dangerous place for them to be. Interesting words from Tom Boyd in the Scottish Sun this morning, appointed yesterday a club ambassador along with Davy Hay. He takes the complete opposite viewpoint from the likes of John Hartson, Davy Proven, Andy Walker, Chris Sutton. He believes Ronnie Dyla is there for the long haul and he believes it doesn't matter whether or not he wins a double this season he'll still be there at the start of next season do, do, do you think that could be correct? I like Ronan Dyla and I think he'll be a hard push, hard push to find a sports journalist that, that doesn't like him and we've talked about the problems with the recruitment before Celtic aren't doing their jobs properly if they allow him to get to the end of the season if they've decided he's not their man they either get rid of him now bring in the new guy to get him ready for these Champions League qualifiers or they say Dyla's our man we're going to back him and to be fair they have spent a bit of money in the window Tom Boyd was mildly critical of Celtic fans saying they appear to have short memories think back to the 1990s when he first joined the club they were they were toiling to finish second there was low crowds they were out at Hamden while Celtic Park was being rebuilt I think of, of there was a spell of 11 games at Hamden where they drew 10 of them and he was saying Celtic have no divine right to win a Premiership title but surely in this day and age with the financial advantages Celtic have then they should be winning the title I think Celtic supporters are almost being conditioned to lower their expectations. I get frustrated because sometimes I think they're a bigger club than, than they act. Celtic should be qualifying for the Champions League year in, year out. They should have a team now that's miles ahead of the rest. They should have a team that's half made up of their own academy products, and they don't. They were also promised a team that would be fitter than anyone else, that would play this pulsating brand of football. It's not there. The empty seats speak for themselves, and Peter Law is well looked after for the, the job he does. He can't fool all the people all the time. Will Celtic fans see Patrick Roberts for the first time this weekend? He, he seemed to shine in the development team last weekend. Didn't quite make it in time for, for the East Kilbride Cup tie. Will we see him against Ross County? I think they'll let him off the leash. I think he set up three goals and scored one against Motherwell. I spoke to one of the young Motherwell kids at the, the Motherwell game on Saturday and he said, I ah, he didn't look up too much, he didn't really do much. Well, apart from the three goals he set up and the <laughs> one he scored. So I think we'll see him in a first team shot soon. 
you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. There is a Premiership title fight and they go two teams locked on 55 points. Celtic, they play first at the weekend in the Ross County game. They've got the chance to go three points clear. You look at the, the huge goal difference advantage they've got. It's the equivalent almost to four points. And then the focus goes to Aberdeen away in Inverness on Monday night. An awkward place to go. It's not like me to talk rubbish, but I didn't think Aberdeen had it in them at all. I didn't think they had the bottle to, to put in any sort of challenge. And I suppose there's another question being asked of them now, now that they have got back into contention. It is a difficult place for them to go, but Aberdeen seem more like their early season selves now. Derek McInnes is being slightly more positive. He's inching towards almost having the guts to say they can challenge. So I, I think they'll get the win. Does it say something about the strength and the depth of McInnes' squad now, Kenny, that when he goes to Perth at the weekend, he leaves out Niall McGinn? He leaves out Mark Reynolds, albeit Reynolds ended up starting the game because Andy Considine was injured in the warm-up. But you know, in the past, guys like that would have been among the first names in the team sheet. Now he's got a squad that he can rotate to a degree. That's a good point. Now McGinn's one of these guys that when he plays Aberdeen play, but I think he's also someone that maybe took his place for granted, maybe needed a kick up the backside. One that got me, and I'm not his biggest fan, was the, the loaned out David Goodwillie, and that was another... Another show of the strength and depth, and Craig Story has taken his chance. So, no, they, they do have decent depth, decent options. Tell us a bit about Craig Story because he seems to have been on the periphery for a long, long time at Aberdeen. He's been very patient, awaiting his first team opportunity. Derek McKinnis, he threw him in for a couple of games and he kept faith with him for that game against Celtic at Petodre last weekend, that's last midweek. I'm glad he did because I think Aberdeen have been slow to give their young players a chance and they do have some good ones. Craig Story is one of these players I've seen the Scotland youth teams. He's not flash doesn't really have a trick, he doesn't really have a great turn of pace, but uh, I should probably talk him up now. He keeps it very simple, he's got a great engine, a great attitude, plenty dig, and he's just one of these people that seems to make others round about him play better. Is he going to be the long-term replacement for the likes of a, of a Barry Robson, maybe even a Willow Flood? I think Willow Flood's a really good comparison. Willow Flood's another guy that isn't isn't a flashy guy, but he's a teammates player, and um, I think Craig Story's he's definitely in that mould, I think the shirts has to keep. In, in terms of Inverness, yes, they'll want to get into the top six. Yes, they'll want to push as high up the table as possible. But when you consider their victory at Motherwell last weekend, is the defence of the Scottish Cup almost more important, do you think, to Cali Thistle than, than league status this season? John Hughes seems to be taking it seriously, certainly. To be honest, I thought they were very lucky against Motherwell for all the criticism Motherwell have had. There's something missing about Inverness this season. There is an X factor missing, whether it's just goals or a threat up front. But I think Greg Tanzi's papering over a few cracks. Talking of priorities, you, you wonder what will be the priority this season for Robbie Nielsen and Hearts. Now we're recording this podcast Wednesday during the day, but prior to the Ross County Hearts game on Wednesday night. But Hearts, they're in Dingwall tonight, they're at home to Partick Thistle on Saturday. Do those games pale into insignificance compared to the cup replay at Easter Road next Tuesday night? I don't think so. I think Hearts again have the depth to challenge on a few fronts. And I had a look at the Hearts forum, main forum yesterday, and I was surprised the level of criticism that, that Robbie Nielsen's getting, given the the job and the, the progress they've they've made. I still think Hearts are in good nick. I still think they can push Aberdeen, and I, I don't really see the problems that, that some Hearts supporters seem to think they have. They they, they turned over the staff. They always seem to turn over the, the playing staff at each transfer window. Just at the end of January, there in came Abiola Dowda, in came Don Kerry, in came John Souter. You know, a new signing almost in each area of the pitch. Is the squad stronger now for those additions and the changes that were made in January? I thought at the time that it was a mistake to let Jason Holt go. I thought he was undervalued. I don't really understand letting Billy King go because if you look at his statistics, I think he had the most assists for them last year. Jamie Walker's fitness has been in doubt. 
Uh, I do think we've talked a million times about John Sutter. I do think he's a good addition. It remains to be seen what the what the rest bring. But the, the only thing that surprises me about Robbie Nielsen is that he, he threw on Juwan Oshaniwa on Sunday because that really changed the game. He was his best player. You look as well, you mentioned John Sutter there. It, it strikes me that, not that he's going to be an ill-fitting player, but you, you look at the centre-halves, they tend to go for Braun, Bulk, Augustine's a big lad, Rossi's a big lad, Ozturk as well. They're all big physical players. Suter doesn't really conform to that. John Suter's not without blame for his own stalled progression in the last couple of years, but Dundee United mucked him about and they didn't understand him. It's taken Robbie Nielsen less than a week to figure him out. He said he's got all the technique in the world, he just needs to brush up on some of the basics. And I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying I bumped into John Suter during the week and he mentioned he did four training sessions at Hearts in, in one day and he said you would maybe do as much as that at the United in a week. I know he's, he's loving it already, he already looks fitter and think he's enjoying enjoying working there already. And he found out about the move when he was in the cinema watching Dirty Grandpa. Have you seen it yet, Kenny? I haven't, no. I wasn't there with him, so I'll I'll take that into consideration. I'll get it I'll get it added to the list. Excellent. Now they've got Thistle at the weekend. The other teams scrapping with Thistle down near the bottom all go head to head. It's Motherwell Kelly, it's Hamilton Dundee United. Is anything that Alan Archibald gets from Tyne Castle a bonus? Yeah, it's because it is a it is a difficult place to go. Harsel have a sense of injustice the way the Edinburgh Derby ended. But I think I've spoken about my admiration for Alan Archibald a hundred times on here as well. I mean, he's not the most outlandish, entertaining, overt guy in the world, but I think he does a really good job. His teams are always well organised, and you could see them nicking a point. Let's look at those games down at the bottom, starting off with a real six-pointer. Motherwell against Kilmarnock at Fur Park. And a way win for Kelly would lift them above Motherwell and put Mark McGee's men down back into that relegation playoff place. Motherwell... The, you know, so disappointing the way they're ending games just now. Injury time defeat to Cali Thistle, injury time defeat against Partick Thistle, injury time points dropped up at Dens Park. You know, the, the last three games, is that just coincidence or is there a pattern developing there, Kenny? I have no idea what's going to happen in this game because it's two impossible teams to call, two Jekyll and Hyde outfits. I just thought Fur Park was a toxic place to be on Saturday because the fans turned on the team and Mark McGee very, very quickly. And once you hear chants like you don't know what you're doing, it's hard to turn that around. Just was this at Mark or at you? About, about both. It's equally applicable. To be fair, he's done a bit more in the game than I have. But it's just there's something not right about Motherwell. Didn't like the treatment of Lionel Ainsworth last week. Our reporter, Gareth Law, let me hear the tape of his interview. And there's something about humbling about hearing a guy break down in tears like that. And I didn't understand Mark McGee's quotes on Friday, which I don't think helped the situation. Then he got three minutes at the end of the game, so it doesn't point to all being well. Kelly would take a bit of confidence from the cup draw at Ibrox. Lee McCullough changed the team round. Five alterations from the side that had lost quite pitifully at home to Hamilton the week before, including two new signings, Gary Dicker, Lee Hodgson, two guys with experience from the lower leagues in England. Will they bring bring a bit of strength to that Kelly team? I think they'll bring a bit of strength, they'll bring some experience and I think they'll bring some street smarts. I think there's a core group of players at Kilmarnock that I think are doing their best, maybe being let down by those around them. So that added experience and that added grit I think will will go a long way. When you talk about the the way Fort Park was and the atmosphere around the place last Saturday, is the key for Kilmarnock to start brightly, get a goal and try and turn the home fans against the Motherwell team? Absolutely, and I don't think it would take much. I think Motherwell have got a really supportive uh, group of fans at the best of times, but for whatever reason it's just not clicking with all parties just now and yeah Kilmarnock could definitely take advantage Josh McGuinness pushed back up front again at Ibrox at the weekend almost snatched a goal in the, in, in the first half which, which could have won it for Kelly is he crucial you see Michael O'Neill in the newspapers this morning in the Scottish Sun today 
talking about McGuinness and Euro 2016 with Northern Ireland how, how has he developed as a player in the last year or two? Night, night and day I think Josh McGuinness is one of these guys you can look at like Lee Griffiths or like a, a Dave Mackay or these types and you say that guy gets the most out of himself he's come on so much we honest didn't used to rate him always thought he was an honest trier with a good turn of pace but now you look at him and he wins so much in the air, he creates his own chances, he allows the team to get up the park, he holds the ball up. He's really he's really developing into a good a good target man, a good a good focal point and he- Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. He absolutely deserves everything he gets. The other game down there at the weekend, Dundee United still rock bottom, 11 points adrift, I think they are. They go to Hamilton. It, it sounds daft, but United have won their last two games and Hamilton won their last game. They're almost, almost developing a wee bit of form. It's funny, I was speaking to somebody at Hibs about potential playoff opponents and they'd said the one team you don't want is Dundee United because if they finish second bottom, it means they'll have a great end to the season, they'll build up a lot of momentum and... Again, you're still not sure everything's right behind the scenes at Dundee United, but there is there is a bit of fire in the belly, at least. Whether the players and the manager are singing from the same hymn sheet, whether they're almost doing it despite each other, however they're doing it, there is at least a reaction. I would have thought the last team Hibs would have wanted in the playoff would have been Hamilton after what happened the last time, Kenny. It'll drag up painful memories. <laughs> Expensive therapies buried that to the back <laughs> of my mind. What, what about United, though? They've added Eddie O'Ferry to the squad. He was a free agent, former Cali Thistle striker. Won the Scottish Cup final with Cali Thistle just, just a few months ago. What will he bring to United in the running? I think he'll bring a, a physicality, maybe take some of the hits for, for Billy Mackay. You, they've got numbers there. I mean, they've got Annie, they've got Muirhead, I mean, they, Simon, Simon Murray. Murray. They, they, they do have options. Mixed with Pallion and certainly collected players. And he has been backed, so he does need to produce. But... He definitely gives them options and, and variety. They can change the way they play. Creativity there as well. Blair Spittle, we, we've spoken about him in the podcast before, but he brings in. And he created the winner in the cup tie for Scott Fraser last weekend too. He's a good player, the boy Spittle. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've said that often enough. He's, he's got a real chance. What about Aki's though? I mean, they, they won at Kilmarnock. It was, it was a big one, a, a six-pointer a couple of weeks ago. They, they didn't have a game last weekend because they're already out the Scottish Cup and that humiliation down at Annan. But if you take the, the eight they lost at Celtic Park out the equation... They've had clean sheets in three of their last four Premiership games. Martin Cannon's certainly getting something right there. Martin Cannon's one of these guys like Alan Archibald who calls it like it is. He's very straightforward. He protects his players. I think he organises his team well. It's just they always miss that wee spark in the in the final third. And you're 100% right. More often than not, the defence is, is well drilled and they're kind of let down in the, in the final third. So they really have to earn every point they get. Can they beat United? Because if they did, it would lift them with something going to give it for part between Motherwell and Kelly. I went for Hamilton at the weekend. 
might just about see them okay. They can absolutely beat them, and I think for all that our games sometimes talk down, I think it's so unpredictable at the bottom of the league just now. There's there's really nothing in it between the teams. Everybody can beat everyone, so uh, Hamilton are, are more than capable of halting this revival. Prior to United's cup win, they of course put five past Kilmarnock. Do they now need to beat Hamilton and then beat Motherwell in midweek just to have hope? Oh, they need to keep winning. They're, they're running out of time, and... Mixu Patline has said that, he's always been quite realistic. All they can do is win week after week and try and pull these teams in. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. The Premiership weekend, of course, starts on Friday night at Dens Park. There's a Tayside derby, Dundee against St Johnson. I saw Dundee, Kenny, last Saturday. Conditions terrible for a Scottish Cup tied in Barton. Paul Hartley just glad to get out the Cheaper Insurance Direct Stadium, still in the competition. St Johnson long out of the competition and Tommy Knight not happy with their defending when they lost 4-3 at home to Aberdeen so it could be a nervy derby for a while Two teams that could really do with kicking on again St Johnson are in, a, in an uncharacteristic slump they don't often go go on a stretch like this Dundee at least have, have Kane Hemmings they can rely on who, who is another like Josh McGuinness you can see coming on leaps and bounds so Again, I think a game with very little in it on paper. Kane Hemmings, this week honoured as Ladbrokes Premiership Player of the Month for January, 16 goals already. Is he surprised you just how well he's done in the, the Premiership? He has, because by all accounts, Rory Loy was the, the big name signing and the, the big money signing to an extent. I don't know whether Kane Hemmings was supposed to operate around him or be backup, but he's certainly taken his chance, and it's the others that have to have to get to his level. And, and St John's, what, what does Tommy Wright do? Because he's lost two of his big hitters Michael O'Halloran's been sold to Rangers Dave McKay the captain a defensive stalwart out for the season with this bad hip injury what, what does he need to do now does he, does he go back to basics does he go back to the guys who are still there from the, from the cup final team of a couple of years ago or, or is there youth there that he can promote and try and rev- you know, reinvigorate this, the team I think he needs to take that transfer fee and invest in a new hamstring for Chris Miller for starters send him in that healing hands doctor and buy a Munich that injects all sorts of animals <laughs> Tommy Wright just has to reinvent St Johnson the, the, the way he keeps doing and it has to be organic Craig Thompson someone that's had a chance recently and I know the St Johnson players think a lot of him he offers a bit of flair and a bit of pace Tommy Wright just has to go again he, this, is, this is his lot in football and in life he's always going to lose his best players Is it increasingly difficult to do that though every time you, you, know, you lose a player either a sale or a guy who goes under freedom of contract or an injury does it become tougher and tougher all the time? I think it's difficult outside the club because the chairman obviously understands the situation but supporter expectation never really lowers. Once you once you overachieve then that becomes almost the bare minimum. So I think the supporters have to be realistic and accept that things might get worse before they get better again. Derbies always make good TV viewing. It, it, it's an obvious game for I think BT Sport have got it on Friday night. Do you expect goals in the game? Uh, absolutely. I, I do think you'll get a reaction from both teams and I do think they'll... They'll let themselves off the leash and go for it. So, no, it's definitely one, one to tune in for. I'll watch the highlights again on Sunspot. I, th- I said prior to the Dumbarton Dundee game, there's no way it would be 0 0. Clearly, it finished 0 0. But one of the things, Dundee never looked at losing a goal. I don't think Scott Bain had a safe to make. Has Darno D strengthened that back four? He's been a shrewd replacement because I, I thought they would miss James McPay. He's a big figure on and off the pitch, but with these slotted in seamlessly and, and playing like someone that's that's got a point to prove, I think. Other than David Friel, who keeps us updated with every minor movement he makes, I think a lot of us had, had kind of forgotten about him. He drifted off the radar, so no, good to see him back. And in Scott Bain, they've got a great last line of defence. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter.
In terms of the championship, all the chat in the last couple of weeks about Rangers and Hibs has been signings. Hibs got Stokes, Rangers got Halloran, they had cup stuff, Rangers drew with Kelly, Hibs drew with Hart, they've both got big replays next Tuesday night. It's back to the main event though, the championship promotion race at the weekend. Rangers play first, away to bottom of the table, Aloha Athletic at the end of the drill. Is that three points in the bag for Mark Warburton, do you think? It is, I don't, I don't see an issue this week. And All the pressure's on Hibs now, Rangers rediscovered a bit of that early season mojo command maybe aside but they did play reasonably well in that game so no I, I don't expect anything other than a, than a routine one Both Michael O'Halloran and Billy King ineligible last week do you expect them to come in from the start or do Mark Warburton start them in the bench at Allah at the weekend and just ease them into the Rangers careers? It's hard to predict because they are two identical Mark Warburton players they've got that pace they've got that creativity but Mark Warburton if anything is fiercely loyal to players so you could see them being eased in but if they do make the kind of impact we expect, then it's hard to leave them out. The midfield three behind Waghorn, Miller and Mackay has stayed steady in the last two or three games. Don Ball in there with Andy Halliday and Gary and Zellalem. Jason Hole initially injured on the bench for Kelly. Would you expect him to start at Halloa? I think Jason Hole will get back in. Zellalem is a lovely player, but I think he'll be one of these Mikel Arteta types who goes on to be a much better player than he is at Rangers at the moment. He's just a, a work in progress and Rangers won't see the best of him. So I would expect Holt to come back in for him before too long. But Dominic Ball in midfield uh, is working reasonably well. Nathan Odua, he obviously left the club in, in January. It didn't quite work out for him at all. When, when you speak about getting Zella level like that, is it maybe a case of his skills aren't necessarily appreciated in the hurly-burly of the Scottish Championship? I just think you look at him and the, he's clearly a natural footballer, the way he takes the ball, the way he shapes himself, the way he moves it on. He just doesn't quite impact games the way I think he will in, in later years. I'm not sure if it's a physical thing. Sometimes you see him ducking out of 70-30s in, in his favour. Sometimes I think with the ability he's got, he could do more in the final third than he, he sells himself a bit short. But listen, I've no, no doubt he's a talent. But I think, as you, as you say, he'll, he'll have to go elsewhere maybe to, to show what he's all about. What about Alawa? 2-2 draw last night at home to Morton. It edges them a point closer to Livingston at the bottom. Have you seen a, a different Alawa since Jack Ross has taken the hill? Jack Ross is always someone that's been highly thought of. I know he had a lot to do with, with Ian Murray's success at Dumbarton, so, and he was highly thought of at Hearts before he left there, so no, it's, it's, it's not surprised me that he's managed to show things up a wee bit. And with, with the job that Alec Ray is doing at St Mirren, is it clear-cut as either Alloa or Livingston for bottom place in that championship, you think, this season? I think it is. I mean, Livingston have still got a result or two in them, and I wouldn't rule St Mirren out quite yet. I still think they could, uh, they could have another wee dip, but... No, I think, I think you're right. It's essentially going to come down to a head-to-head. Rangers at 3 o'clock at Alloa. Then it's on to Hibs, away at Livingston at 5.15, the BBC Alba game. You're going to the Tony Macaroni Arena. Promise me a free play at pasta. That's, <laughs> that is part of the deal. What, what do you expect? I mean, is it a case of, just like you've tipped Rangers to win at Alloa, the Hibs just go and get the three points? I keep waiting on Hibs to do a Hibs and fold, but to be fair to the players, they're, they're grinding out results. It was a slog against Morton last week. They didn't play well, they got the win. They were 2-0 down at Tyne Castle. They managed to pull it out of the bag. The pressure really is on Hibs, and this is something that they're, they're having to get used to. So I think they will scrape it, but I don't think it'll be a comfortable one. Huge plaudits for them beating St Johnson, a top-six Premiership team in the League Cup semi-final. Big plaudits for the way they came from two goals down against Hearts, a top-six Premiership team, to force a Scottish Cup replay. Is almost the, the one that's disappeared under the radar, the game you touched up on there, the league game in between at Capolo, where they went... Not fancy, but they got the job done. Morton was massive, and that was a swing of a, basically a miss kick from Anthony Stokes that proved the, the difference. I think the, the good thing for Hibs is that he was basically anonymous against Hearts. The guys that are really driving them through just now, Dylan McGeeck, 
Liam Henderson, who's playing like a man, wants responsibility all the time, and especially John McGinn. John McGinn, pound for pound, must be the best signing any team's made this season because his attitude has just rubbed off on, on everyone. Is it ridiculous to think if Gordon Strachan's naming two separate squads for two friendlies against the Czech Republic in Denmark next month, that John McGinn is an outside chance of making one of them? Or the fact that he's not playing top-flight football, does that automatically rule him out, Kenny? I don't think it should. He's, he is the Scotland under-21 captain. He's playing at a level below the level he should be. And he's clearly, I shouldn't say this, he's clearly not going to be at Hibs for very long. There's a few people talk about him in similar terms to Scott Brown. I think he could go on and be a better player than Scott Brown is in, in his position, so why not involve him? If you're naming two squads, you, you would struggle to name that many better midfielders. He has done so well laterally, as has Henderson. Hearts lost McGeoch early in the derby last week. Fraser Five was out prior to, to, to kick-off. Were you surprised at the influence of both Marvin Bartley and Kevin Thompson when he came on? I may have sent a text message to someone of my acquaintance to say there is no way a midfield of Marvin Bartley and Kevin Thompson is going to turn this round. Just didn't think they'd have the creative impetus in them. But that was Marvin Bartley's best game for Hibs. He was he was dominant in there. Kevin Thompson took a bit of time to get up to speed, which is probably understandable, but then I think you saw his calm and influence. He managed to get on the ball, keep it and, and foul at the right time. Quite. Can that be the game that launches Bartley's Hibs career? Because it, it, it has stuttered a little bit since, since coming up in the summer. He's been he's been decent, Bartley. It's tough for him because he's just up against better better footballers. But he is an athlete and he has a great attitude. And I think he offered more in an attacking sense in the Edmund Arby than he has so far. So I don't think he's a bad player at all. I think it's maybe just taking that kind of stage for him to, to shine. Kenny, thanks very much. <laughs> 